When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Dear Joe King podcast with SJ and Eva B. Sarah Jane is still in Madrid and Eva is still in London. I am still in Dublin. And welcome aboard. So I did want to ask you both this. Um, have you ever had, I think Eva, you spoke about have, having therapy before. So I know you've gone to therapy. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had therapy in the in the traditional sense of the word. But when Steve was ill, I thought I need something to get me through this. And my sister, Gwanya, said to me, would you consider going to she does a lot of chanting meditation that's chanting within a group. And I thought, no, a group thing is just not for me. I don't have the energy right now. Couldn't do that. But she said, would you go and talk to Emer Lush, who's a spiritual kind of like, she's not a healer, but she would sort of, you would just talk to her for a bit and she would do the chanting and the meditation. And I thought, well, I was so desperate. I needed something. So I said, well, look, I'll, I'll go and see her once and see if I, uh, I like it. Um, because it wasn't really therapy for me. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a problem I needed to solve. It was just, I needed, I needed somebody to talk me through, help me talk through in a way what I was going through. That sounds like I did need therapy, didn't I? <laughs> a little bit. That's therapy. I, I just completely contradicted myself. I probably should have gone to a regular therapist. But <laughs> Anyway, I went to see Emer, who is, I don't even know, I think I asked her recently how she would describe herself, and she's like a spiritual mentor, almost, um, and stroke healer, guiding person, whatever, that kind of thing. So I went to her for an hour, and oh my God, I felt so good after it, I couldn't believe it, because I was just able to sit down in this room with the person I didn't really know, um, and say... This is what I'm going through. This is what's happening with Steve. Yeah, yeah. And I had real fear, you know, like that was the main thing I needed to express was my real fear about what we were going through, what he was going through. How was it going to end? And she listened. And then also she would do the mantra and I would just close my eyes. So in a way it was like a meditation. So she would just say, you close your eyes and I'll do the meditation. And I will just sort of, in a way, project light and healing into you into Steve and this would happen and I would sit in the chair and by the time I left the weight of the world was off my shoulders Mm -hmm. and I went to her once a week for the duration of all of his treatment and it was like it was almost like going to a garage and getting filled up with a tank of petrol it sustained me I, I I could even feel the wane by the time it went, got to a Friday, if I was going to see her on a Monday, like I was almost all out of the good energy by a Friday and I'd speak, go to her on a Monday and I'd get, she'd give me the good stuff again. It was fascinating. But I wanted to ask you two if you'd ever had therapy or something similar. I, I mean, when I went, it was for straight for straightforward. I mean, I, what I mean is it was more um, traditional psychotherapy that I went for. 
Um, I'm so curious about that because I really love it, but I've, I've, it was interesting because I, I struggled with it for ages when I was that going like anything you go for one reason and, you know, especially with psychotherapy, you inevitably, you know, go back into like his historical issues and this sort of, yeah, and I have a real fear of that. Like psychotherapy is the heavy stuff, isn't it? Well, well, I don't know how, I don't know enough about it to how it compares to being going to a psychoanalyst or a psychiatrist. I think I it's think heavier, I, Eva, because you, you're you looking back, you're going back into those your more familial is, stuff, is I think. Childhood. Is, it, is it similar to cognitive therapy? No, it's talking no, therapy. No. It's just, okay. it's all talking. They don't, I mean, my therapist, but I have nothing to compare it to. Um, like She wouldn't say a huge amount. She'd sort of, that, and that's the bit that I struggle with the most because it's your hour to you can talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about, or you can sit in silence. Um, but I struggled with that hour being my hour, I suppose. I struggled with the pressure of feeling like I had to talk and I had to um, have some sort of breakthrough, and which none of that is correct at all. That, that That's purely my sort of stumbling block for the first few months of, how, of feeling comfortable in a space of where you could do or say whatever you wanted. And if you wanted to sit and say nothing for an hour, you could. Or if you wanted to blether on about something completely inane, you could. Or if you wanted to dig deep, you could. And she would listen and she would sort of surmise what you talked about and say and tell you what how she interpreted it. Um, you know, I think from what you're saying, this is what's going on. She'd help put it in order. She'd help give you clarity on those um, feelings and thoughts and questions. Um, but really, it, so once I finally kind of got comfortable with the fact that this was my my hour to be as, to reveal whatever I wanted to, to reveal, then I got a lot more out of it. But I, I, it took me, it took me quite some time to just feel fine well, my way with it. I can understand that. I can really understand yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But it was ma- massively beneficial. Um, I, I, I would, you know, recommend therapy to anybody mm. i think you know you, you do like i said you go in for one reason and you start to uncover and understand a lot more about um issues that i hadn't ever really spoken about at length or hadn't thought about in, in, in such a deep way before that really did help lots of other areas of my life that i i had never intended on on, on um on uh, talking to her about mm. so it was it was it was really brilliant yeah, amazing. Um, because I, I'd have a real fear now of psychotherapy because, from, and and yet, I really feel like I would benefit from a weekly therapy. I mean, even just describing what I did there with Emer, like, and the fact that it got me through a week, I kind of know that I think I'm particularly drawn to cognitive behavioral therapy because yeah. what you mentioned, SJ, because that is very much about the present. Sure. That that's not looking back. And yeah. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want yeah. to analyze the past. And that's fair enough. I and I would never do, I would never do um go to a psychotherapist again because I feel like I've done that. I've pulled apart all those all those old issues. And did and you go and stuff and did you go for now? I'm not asking you to tell me the specific reason, but was it for a specific thing you wanted to it was for a specific out. thing, but it was a relationship thing that was not anything to do with my past. It was something that was current and um, that, that I was struggling with. But inevitably what happens is, you know, you, you, it's, it's, you know, looking into yourself to see 
why you behave the way you behave. So inevitably you go back and look at your upbringing and your siblings and your parents and, you know, things that happened when you were a child and all this because it informs who you are today. And unless you sort of, I suppose, the, the reasoning behind it is unless you fully understand why you are the way you are, you have to, you know, look look back to, to see what brought you to, to this point and why you then relate to people in the way that you do today, why you behave the way you do in relationships. Um, did so you it, feel very empowered after you did that? Because it sounds empowering to go back and analyse those things. I don't know if I'd use the word empowering because it, some of it's very, you know, upsetting, obviously, but it's also completely enlightening as well because you go wow that completely explains why in a relationship I do x y and z it's something that I never would have connected before you know and you can go of course it's connected it's because what the dynamics in your family or, or what whatever it is um so it's very it was a huge eye-opener I, I got a much much greater understanding of who I am as a person, much greater understanding of that. But I think if I was to go back to therapy, um, I would, it would be because of a particular issue um, or issues that are, are um, occurring in my daily life today that, that um, I would need to, I would want to talk to somebody who would be able to give me practical advice that I could thrash things out in the open and it'd be a much more sort of practical session. I think I would, you know, I would see myself doing that at some point in the future. I did that. I did it once. Ever. What did you do? Um, I don't actually yeah. know what I looked up. I was about to enter a, a situation that I had already gone through and um, was dealing with a person that was bringing a great amount of anxiety and I was just having awful negative thoughts that this person made me feel about myself. Mm. Um, and I knew that it was because of how this person was acting, that it was about how I was going to cope with dealing with this person in this next phase of a workplace scenario. Okay, so um, like a toxic energy in your workplace that was making your life Absolutely, difficult. absolutely. And this is maybe 15 years ago, the one and only time I've ever done it. And it was to give me the tools that I needed, that I knew already how I was going to deal with this. And it was simply that I was going to not deal with this person anymore, which involved actually this person was, I thought was a friend, but, um, but I realized this is not a friend because this is not how my friends treat me. And this is not the sort of um, characteristics I look for in people that I consider my friends. Um, and so it was, a, it was kind of a breakup of a relationship that I realized was a very false friendship. Um, and, and yet we were then going to be thrown into the same situation. Um, and I needed to give myself the strength to, to understand that, no, it's okay to keep this person out of your life. Um, and I went to this session and basically told them all of that. And she looked to me and she said, ah, you're grand. Yeah, you've got this all under control. I, I just love that though, because you, you, got the, you got the confirmation that you knew it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it worked. That's what I needed. Right? And it was, it was, but it was important enough for me to be able to get through these next few months. Um, and, and then that, and did that help you then to go carry really, out what you were going to do? It really helped. It really helped. And I wasn't in any way dismissive or mean. Um, and it was great. And, she, you know, the woman didn't really say much. Like, as you said, Eva, she just, she just let me talk. And, 
it was yeah it was good it was a good thing to for me to do and I have good to put that out there because lots of people they don't realize I know several people who've gone for just one session over a particular problem that they needed to solve and the therapist has gone yeah you've got this talked it through given them confirmation that they're on the right track and said yeah that's fine you don't need to come back to me yeah you know but but this and that's not a brilliant thing it yeah. was yeah they had to go to therapy for months and also exactly. what for me i felt like i had the support from all of my friends of course and i'm um my true friends but i felt like i don't want to be talking about this with other friends like I needed an objective perspective I yeah. didn't want to be kind of if you're talking about a situation like this it sounds like you're kind of and then she did this and then she did that but it's like no it's beyond that you know I'm an adult and I feel like I'm living in a school playground I, the way I'm being treated it was just all very infantile and and mm. I just needed somebody who was a professional to say mm. no that your, your, your thought process is fine yeah. as opposed to of course you're going to have the support of your friends of course like you gonna, say it's the objectivity that your friends can't have because they're all you know they're uh, going to so support you anyway they know yeah. the person or whatever exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly so there's kind of a stigma attached isn't there sometimes to in Ireland like to counselling oh she's to go to a counsellor oh she's to go to therapy it's like it's there for a reason it's there to give people yeah, yeah. the help that they need I think need. there's less stigma now though I, I think, I think yes. that, you know but there aren't enough people, I'd say, um, accessing it from the, for themselves. But listen, I could put myself into that. I mean, I did access the help from Emer. I, I just was looking at her um, text there because she's a mindfulness meditation teacher as well as being a well-being and wellness mentor. Who you can find at Spiritual Garden on Instagram. But um, I didn't like. I still feel I could really benefit and and from cognitive behavioral therapy because it focuses on being being in the present and staying positive in the present mm -hmm. and that and yet I won't do it for, I haven't done it for myself now COVID came along and it was around that time that I was thinking I, I want to do this for myself but you know it's a like it's a commitment if you're spending 60 quid for the hour or whatever it is you have to have that 60 quid yes, and you yeah. have to decide to spend that on yourself now you, the truth is you probably would spend 60 quid you know, you might throw it away on the candle. <laughs> Whatever, but you, know? Good, you know. But so you have to you have to prioritize yourself. And I guess there's been a lot of times where I just haven't been able to afford it. But you deserve it after yeah. this as well. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I think you get a lot out of it. it feels my, like my thing would be um finding a good one, finding a good therapist. That's a big yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah. I'd need a word. Yeah, recommendation. Uh, Told you my best friend, Paulie, Paul Hughes. He's an yeah. amazing therapist. But he's in London, isn't he? No, he's in Dublin. Oh, stop. Yeah. A cognitive behavioral one. No, he's not. But he he would he would absolutely put you he's a psychotherapist, but he, he would put you in touch with somebody who would do PBT. Oh well PBT. I'll be on immediately. Yeah. Oh great. Tell me how you're doing after your week last week, your fabulous, glorious, glamorous, show busy. Oh, listen. Everyone making you a cup of tea, wiping your arse, doing whatever. Well, let's just talk <laughs> about the come downs, right? Because our highs, they're so high. They're mm. so high. I mean, a showbiz high 
is really something else, you know, like it really was the semi-final in particular. Um, I think it's fine for me to talk about this now uh, because the show was announced. I won't talk about any of the particular acts or anything, but I felt like we as the panel, so there, there were five of us on the panel, including Jedward with their one vote on my left and boy George on my right and lovely Lyra and Aston Marigold. And I, none of us knew each other. So I had like, to go- so- I had to Google Aston Marigold. I had no idea who he was. I don't know who, who he is. Well, you've been away for so long. You've missed all of the things. I, like I saw Aston on X Factor when JLS were on X Factor because I was watching that with my kids right. and I saw him on Strictly. So I actually... Yeah. Knew right. a lot okay. about him, yeah. yeah. When he was coming on, uh, or you know, I'd seen him quite a bit. Um, and then Lyra is a new singer, so she's yeah. just up and coming and very much on her way. She's yeah. fabulous. She's but great. the point is, and I certainly, I, I certainly knew who Boy George was, but we'd never met. And the Jedward boys, I'd encountered like once in my life, and we've been looking at them. As I, I said to them, you know, what? When did you come onto the scene? They were seventeen, and they're thirty now. 30 and they've grown up in the public eye you know they're absolutely amazing I have an awful lot of time for them I really enjoy them and they were fabulous for me they were constantly they, they do this thing where they just have a shtick you know where they they just are it's a running commentary I finally got a hold on what they do so they go here comes Dee she's looking great she got the hair on she got the jewelry she got the she got the cream jacket she's looking good and they'll do this constant little commentary but very good for your ego they're forever <laughs> Constantly making me feel good. I couldn't thank them enough for it. They're, you know, really generous. Uh, really generous. Yeah. Oh, here comes Jay. She's got the wisdom. She's got the, you know, she's got the years. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. <laughs> but I, so, you know, on our first two days, none of us knew each other. So you're just sitting beside boy George, whom you have never met, and the boys who you don't know, and having to make sort of small talk and having to work together. So by the time we got to... When we were a few days in, we'd all gotten to know each other. We were starting to laugh and have have some crack. And by the time we got the semi-final, it was like, oh, okay, this is this is working. We were all really different in our comments. And I just could feel myself getting high on this. I thought, oh, I'm loving this now. We we've 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 landed, you know, you sure. know, because we, you know, like when you start anything, it's like yeah. trying to get to know the territory and everybody's in the new kid in school and everybody's trying to do a good job. But once you get to know each other, you relax, you start laughing. And that was all happening. The semi-final was nerve biting. as nerve biting. I Every time I listen back to this podcast, <laughs> I, I listen to my like, they're not spoonerisms, are they? <laughs> Uh, they call spoonerism and Mrs. Malapropism spoonerisms. I hear myself constantly <laughs> referring, just, like just, referring just, to my runners as Sam Smiths instead of Stan Smiths. Yeah. Yeah, but I know it's, it's, spooner. it's just wrong. <laughs> and I just did one there, nerve biting. I said, yeah, nail biting, nerve racking, and nail biting. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. nerve biting. But well, we yeah. know what you mean. That's, we know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to let the listeners know that I know I'm wrong. Okay, okay. I know a, a deism. Let's call it a deism. <laughs> Yeah, but when you, I said that to you, when you said about your Sam Smith runners, I just assumed that the singer Sam Smith had a new line of clothing. <laughs> I have no reason to doubt you. I didn't even Google it. Exactly. I was like, that's how out of the loop I am. Yeah. And it's exactly if Sam Smith had any brains, he'd bring out a line of runners called I'd Sam I'd buy Smith. them. And he, absolutely, go for it. Challenge the Sam Smiths because they're doing very well. I do. Go on. 
Anyway, look at so look at and then the semi-final standard was really, really high, and we had to eliminate people and vote for people, and it was unbelievably hard. And I have a genuine love for talent. So I think in like I'm the best person you could ask to be a judge of talent because I love talent. I I admire it. Like I'm off the charts in my admiration for people who can sing, who can dance, who, you know, I love them. Oh, I bet so, you were such a nice judge. Oh, yeah, I bet you were really supportive. So kind and yeah. I think I was, but I had to also say no to people. So yes. here's the dilemma. So you're you're having to be constructive and say, look, I'm only saying no to you for this reason. And maybe you could go through and better it next week. You know, there's a lot of that. But, um, but I really just enjoyed it so much. And honestly, lads, since the lashes came off, I'm not the same girl. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. False lashes, they change your face. And I, I, when they came off, I was like, oh, I'm half the woman I was yesterday. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, the tan was gone. The lashes were gone. The styling was gone. The hair was gone back to its normal oh. phrase that I'm trying to control. You were Cinderella. And that's only the that's only the visual come down. I no longer have the company. I don't have Jedward to say, here comes Dish, look good. <laughs> I mean, we can do that for you if you want. <laughs> we can do it. There she is, sitting there with her headphones. Her <laughs> hair, her hair is coming down over her glasses, looking a bit sassy, got the spray tan on, looking super sassy and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> that's it you've got it that's the Jedwards oh they're so great. Uh, but yeah oh, listen sure you're my heroes the, the podcast of a Tuesday is we're your Jedwards we're your you're Jedwards. my Jedwards you are <laughs> so yeah the come down lads it's not yeah. easy oh, yeah, it's an not awful easy. land I remember the my biggest come down my biggest sort of well we call it showbiz come down I'm sure you've both had them but when we were shooting in Vietnam, we were shooting Noble. We'd been there for three months. And when we got back, or the turnaround of the filming, we were filming in Vietnam, but then they were filming the younger Christina Noble, who was Sarah Green, in Liverpool. So the suitcases, Steve's cases were packed, one for Vietnam with, you know, everything to go with the hot climate, and one for Liverpool, where it would be snowing and absolutely freezing. But I wasn't going to Liverpool because I was now done with them. They were moving on to the younger model, the younger Christina. And so I I was dropped like a hot potato. We arrived at the flat. He picked up his winter suitcase, dropped his Vietnam one, picked up winter and went, see ya and you know like when you're making a film you don't see other people you have so much in your mind so much to think of so he was just gone out the door and the film and the crew and everything that had been my life for three months went to Liverpool without me and I went to do the school run the following morning and I was like oh Jesus right okay well that's over that's over (laughs) and it was like Oh, Crash school, school lunches. Oh, Jesus, I've made a school lunch. <laughs> Three months, didn't know what to do. No, I it was an awful land. Oh, it took me a week. It took me a week. And I couldn't even get my husband on the phone. Like, I was trying to ring him for a conversation. How's it going? How's it going? Yeah. Just too busy. Just too yeah. busy. It's like, it's going fine. It's going fine. I have to go. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, that's Where a really, land. That's a tough one. It's such but an adjustment, isn't yeah. it? When you come yeah. back from a shoot and you you like I mean you're just completely ensconced, wrapped up in that in, in that shoot if you're mm. on location where everything in your normal life just gets, you know, left behind because it has to to then 
come back and slot back in like it never happened. It's always yeah, such and a, you know what? A real you know shock that, to the system. Uh, yeah, and you know, just to explain to people who are listening about how films work, the reason there's people carrying an umbrella over your head, you know, is not like because you're the diva star. It's because your hair cannot get frizzy. It cannot change. There's just continuity. Just two hours in, in the makeup chair. Precisely. Yeah. And you, you know, we need you to be not hungry. Like you have to deliver the goods. So there's a reason behind everything. And you know, time is a, it's all about, say, time is money right so saving time constantly um so therefore when it's over <laughs> you have to carry that. your own umbrella have to carry your own umbrella <laughs> i don't even carry umbrellas so i just live with the phrase <laughs> it's just it's it's not it's a drop like it's literally it a drop from a height yeah because the because the adrenaline is so high and then suddenly there is a loss that's thank you thank you that's it and then you get back to your own life and you have to make... Nobody cares. Nobody gives a <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, you're the carer, aren't you? Um, but but that's exactly... Not, is it not... The, is it similar? Because um, I always think with, when you're doing live shows, I, I've, I've done very little theatre in my life, so I don't have anything really to draw from from that. But when you're doing like stand-up, um, SJ, you've done lots of theatre as well. Mm. Is that high and rush even more so because it's a live audience, is that live feedback from people that must surpass what it feels like to to come off a, a filming job. Yeah, the come down, uh, the 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 come down from the stand up is uh, intense. It's uh, but I've got it down. It's two hours. Like I, I've actually, I've actually sort of timed, you know, the adrenaline in my body, and I know it's gone in about two to three wow. hours. Yeah, yeah. and I. I I usually have a couple of drinks to kind of come down unless I have to get straight into the car, which a lot of the time when I'm on the road, there's no drink because if I'm within a two hour drive, if I'm on the road, I get in the car and I drive home. Um, and if I'm not, then oh, I yeah. have a few drinks. So, um, but usually by the end of my drive, I'm down. You know what I mean? So right. I'm getting in the car, yeah. absolutely yeah. wired by the time I get to the door. Now, obviously there's the bit of your folks and the driving and everything else, but it's still in my body. Like I'm still flying. Yeah. And if a support act is with me, like we're talking, we're talking, talking, talking yeah. nine to the dozen, yeah. you know, sure. for an hour and a half. And then you start to suddenly slow, you know, come yeah. down. Sure. But theatre highs for me, like usually I used to find, I'm sure Esther might be different, but for me after six weeks. Oh no. Oh, yeah, you're done. I mean, there's obviously the very natural high of opening night or first preview, you know, where you're getting your first reaction from a live audience. And that's very exhilarating. And um, or if the show is good <laughs> or rather deflating, if you go oh, get the lap there. Um, but the the highs of opening week are great. And then, yeah, D, as you said, if it depends on the show, though, I have had some shows where I just didn't want them to end like this is one of the best things I've done and I just love the reaction you, you're getting every night just the, and the company that you're in and the just certain plays are are very special and you know because you're an actor that it's going to end and and that's always difficult one of the things I used to hate when I was acting was uh, you'd be in a play and then you'd meet somebody who's not in the business and you've only just started rehearsing or you've only just opened and somebody says what's next for you and that yeah, they don't to, understand they, the, they don't they understand the business. Kill me. I'm like, what's next? For, I don't know. I'm doing this and this this is it. Because all plays end. And I mean, a lot of the time you're ready for them to end. They have a, a natural 
life, but there's some then where those last nights, the last performance, and you know you've gotten so much out of it, and you know that these people they've meant so much to you, and it's just been a very joyful experience. Those ones are harder to say goodbye let to go. and to mm-hmm. let go of, but the the highs are are usually on those those first few nights when you've got the audience in. And well, your adrenaline is off the scale on previews, yeah, like the nerves. And oh, Christ, God. Jesus, yeah. Mary. How did we do it? I, don't, I, I don't do theatre very often anymore. I sort of do it every few years. Sure. And every time I find myself doing those previews, I think. I know. Jesus. I mean, I, mind I, you, I feel like that doing stand-up too. I think, yeah. I'm, why am it's oh, I just always think stand-up is just another yes. league yes. Yes. Like, oh. go out there on your own and make yeah. all those people laugh I think it's the, bravest it's, like, form. it's the bravest form and it's the biggest challenge yeah. of all yeah it is. it's a huge challenge for sure but once you've got a good show on your hands yes. um then it's like theater you know you've got a show in your pocket and you go on and you do it but yeah. that's easy it's it's the creating a new show and going out with the new stuff that's a kind of double-edged sword because when it works, it's a massive high. And when it doesn't, you're like, oh, yeah. having to apologize on the spot and get yourself out of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that's a head wreck. Um, Incredible. But I was going to say something else about the theatre ending. What was it? I can't remember now. It's gone. Oh, I'm sure it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I was going to say. Theatre is bloody hard work. It is hard work. It is. And I remember when they didn't have matinees in Ireland, I remember them coming in. I remember that it was like six nights a week and it was lovely. And then they brought in the Saturday matinee and I was like, all right. Then they brought in the Wednesday matinee. And I think that's when it all changed. Wednesday matinee in Ireland. Do they do that in Ireland? Yes. Wednesdays and Saturdays now. I just think it's grossly grossly unfair on the actor. It's such hard. It's such a hard graft for not much money. I just think... Well, if you're performing the likes of Hamlet or anything that's, you know, physically... A show and then you do it again that evening. Physically and mentally demanding. It's bloody hard work and it's not well paid, as we all know. Yeah. It's It's funny, like, because some people have said, will you go back on stage when you're in Dublin? And it's not that I wouldn't think about it. Of course I would, but it would have to be a very particular job in a very particular theatre no tour, that all of those boxes would have to tick for me so that it would be a very happy experience because I've done all of the other shows and the tours and the big... And and touring with small children, it's not really... I'm not doing it. And it's one thing if you knew that it paid an awful lot of money. That's it. And then you go, okay, well, you weigh up the the pros and okay, well, the pros are... But it doesn't doesn't offer that. So at this stage, it would have to be something that was in Dublin and that worked in with the life and which included Lewis and Delhi, you know, that... Well, there's lots of people who are either single and they don't have kids. So that's not an element for them. They can go on the road. They're free to go on the road and that's really enjoyable. But it just all changes when you've got small kids. It does. It just it changes completely. completely. And then I see, a lo- I see an awful lot of actors going back to it when mm. they've got their kids. The kids are yes. True. Yes. Yeah, and they're yeah. a bit older. And they go back and yeah. they're, oh, you know what? That might be fun just to do yeah. that again. Yeah. Mm. And as you yeah. say, the right play in the right company. And it's isn't it hilarious? Because we used to desire the lead so much when we were younger. And now I'm like... A little cameo. Would little cameo. <laughs> I'm the same, and I am the exact same. I'm like, oh yeah, just give me a one good little, good two lines. no pressure. <laughs> just one yeah. small part that had a scene stealing moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need, you know, so I'm not forgotten. 
<laughs> Come on, be brilliant and go back to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Our lovely dear dear friend Justine Mitchell, fabulous, wonderful, extraordinary human and actress. Phenomenal actress. Phenomenal. Oh my God. Amazing all rounder. Amazing all rounder of everything. Um, but she said to me one day, you go in the first day of rehearsal and everyone is all nervous. The person who goes up to the, you know, make themselves a cup of tea and just trying to be like, hello. Yeah. And trying to make a joke. And you come out with something like, yeah, like totally. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, it's like anal sex. You know, we've all had anal sex, right? <laughs> Silence. <laughs> <laughs> just silence. But I just love just imagining, imagine her saying it, imagine any of us saying it, just trying to break the ice with this. I'm going to be the funny one. Joke that not everyone's going to get or appreciate. <laughs> I took a risk. That's what Ross took a risk. I took a risk. I took a risk. That's a really brilliant way of uh, framing that. I took a risk. It's like it puts it all, it gives you the glory, you know, without the humiliation. I took a risk, I put myself out there. (laughs) (laughs) Ross does it a lot. At a dinner party, kind of go, oh God, he's taking a risk. And he'll look at me with that face. I took a risk. Yeah, as opposed to, I really misjudged that. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's put the positive spin on it and gone, I took a risk. Aren't you proud of me? Yeah. <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are ye any good at complaining? Now, this could cover a whole range of what type of complaining and who to. But would you consider yourselves good at it, bad at it? Discuss. It depends. Discuss. And we blankly. <laughs> you, you go first, SJ, because I'm I'm always talking. <laughs> so I'm sick of myself. I guess I guess it depends on who, who you're talking mm. to and how you navigate your complaint and mm. and your relationship to that person. Because everyone takes, I mean, I guess because you're criticizing something that someone is doing. Mm. So there's a way around doing it. Like if you're complaining to an airline company, there have been moments where, you know, the anger levels are high and that's not a good way to complain. Mm. And I've learned over the years that just being nice actually is a very good way of delivering a complaint. But it's also understanding your audience and knowing how you are in any given moment when you approach said person with said complaint (laughs) and also (laughs) how serious is the complaint and is it worth complaining with this complaint? (laughs) 
at any given time and choosing your battles and choosing your moments. So I would say, yes, I'm a probably a better complainer than I was. Well, what about, let me ask you this then. Are you good in a situation when you should complain? You're within your rights to complain, but you're too nice to complain. So you pretend that everything's actually fine. Like, a bad haircut or a meal that's not up to scratch. You still go, yeah, no, it's lovely. Yeah, no. And in your head, you're kind of going, no, fucking isn't. That was fucking shit. And you're paying for it, you tool. Yeah. But how it's coming out of your mouth is, okay, no, that's lovely. Yeah, no, no, I just wasn't very full. Thanks, Emil. Ah, yeah, thanks. Thank you. I'll pay everything. Of course I'll pay the full bill. I definitely think we've we've all been guilty of that with the hairdressing situation. That's the worst because they've done their best and you hate it. And you're just... And your lip has started to tremble because you're going to yeah. cry. So you just go, it's great, thanks, because you just want to get out of there. You just yeah. want to get out of there yeah. so fast. What, and there's yeah. no Once point in saying, this yeah, isn't what I imagined. Yeah. That's, see, that, that's when it's the hardest. When if somebody is being nice to you, they're doing their best. There's no animosity. It hasn't got, you know, you haven't been treated unfairly, but you you are within your rights to say you don't like something. That's when I really struggle to say it the fear of offending the other person it's different than a work say you're very nice Eva I could see this being very nice like in a in a hairdresser's or a restaurant or or the one scenario I don't know do tell me if if I've told this story again um like I might have forgotten but one (laughs) it's an actual pain and couldn't let them know because I was being so fucking polite was I was getting myself and Ross were gifted um, a treatment, you know, like a massage treatment in this beautiful place where he was working and we got as a, a instead of getting paid, we were put up in this beautiful place and they gifted us a, like a spa morning, gorgeous place. And we had, it was very sunny where we were, it was abroad and I had got burnt the, the day before. I had really sunburnt my legs quite badly. And we went for our spa treatment the next morning, first thing the next morning. And the ritual to kick off the treatment was a scrub. Sit, uh, yeah, a foot scrub with salts, with you know, smelling salts. In, in, oh, in dear God. Quite hot water. So my feet went in and the water alone was, you know, if you got burnt skin, hot water feels scalding hot water. Oh, yeah. So the feet went in. I was like, oh. <laughs> and she said, "Oh, well, is you you want some? Should I put some?" And I was like, "No, no, no! I'm sure I'll just get used to it now." In a second, Eva, and then and then she started Way to scrub, nice. scrub the burnt skin with coarse salt, and it was oh. literally. I may as well have had like no skin and just wounds on my legs. That's the level oh. of pain. And, and she was rolling the leg up and down. And I sat there. Everything was so perfect. The, 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 the set of what with the view, Ross was beside me. They'd like just bent over backwards to make this the best treatment ever. And we weren't paying for it. So I sat there with like six silent water, tears, tears running down my face. Oh, Eva. That's too nice. My red raw legs. It was agony and I endured it inside I was screaming oh, oh love that is too <laughs> that's much that's wrong isn't it <laughs> so wrong ow yeah it's not it's not even really complaining sure it's, not. it's just <laughs> I'm actually suffering could you help can I ask you was that a long time ago would you've been a good bit younger 
Um, or, it would have been, um, it was at the, it would have been not about nine years ago. Yeah, it's a good long while because we definitely yeah. get better at complaining with age. We did. Hence all yeah. those shows like Grumpy Old Women, Grumpy Old Men. You know, yes. we all start yeah. complain more. Yeah. Get yeah. a bit more tired. And don't, and don't get me wrong. If, if I feel like, if, I mean, if somebody has been rude to me or somebody hasn't, you know, done their job properly or has been, you know, if it's, I, I have no qualms about voicing how I feel. So if it's the right envi- environment, if a working environment, if stuff needs to get done, or if somebody has been blatantly out of line, I'll be the first to go, ah, 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 hang on, excuse me. And I'll, I'll voice, but if somebody's been nice to me, not only oh, nice to me, they're treating their me, best. Yeah, you know, they and then they're, they're doing their best. And it's just like, oh, Jesus, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But would you think you'd let that happen now? You Do you think if that you were in that situation now, you'd still endure it? I would with hair. I did it not so long ago with hair. Oh, did you? I didn't like the colour of it. And I was just like, okay, yeah, no, I think I, no, I think it'd be grand just after a wash. It'd probably just, you know, settle, it'll settle. I and do it with the hair as well. I have to tell you, like, when it comes to small complaining, like, yeah. I'm the fucking queen of it. <laughs> and I'm the queen of it. And I have become that older person. So okay. let's say, well, okay, I'll give you this up. Now, I like to think I'm always either nice or humorous about it, or and at least fair. I do, I do try not to be ever obnoxious, but let's say, for example, a supermarket where there is suddenly a queue of 10 and there are three empty tills. I'll be the one in the line who'll start huffing and puffing, going, this is ridiculous, isn't it? So I start talking to everyone else in the line. Like, I'll be the vocal one. So they're just standing quietly putting up with it, but I, I can't. I can't. I'm like, I'm six back, so I'm, I can't deal with the inefficiency. That's what it is. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I know there's another member of staff yeah, who's back there around. in the storage room yeah. who needs to be told there are now 10 people there. in the queue. Get on the effing team. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I'm the one who, I put the head out. I'm starting to wave at the, I'm waving at the girl at the till. Is there anyone else? The queue's very long. Have you got another member of staff here? Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking to the woman behind me. Isn't this a bit ridiculous now? What do you think? Do you, I don't think this should be... But it's always me. It's yeah. always me. I, and, I'm, yeah. and I would be the same in that kind of scenario. Ineptitude will get gets my back up and I have no time yeah. for it. And yeah. it's I'll get very impatient with that. That that I that I, I think is that's fine though. And there should be more people on the tills. Yeah, no, but why is it always me? I'm the spokesperson <laughs> on behalf of the, because <laughs> on the behalf of the punters, always. People know, generally because, don't like to do things in public like that. Sure, they don't. And they, they don't want it, confrontation either. There's a so lot of that. That's it. And I make a show of myself for a living, so it doesn't matter. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm just like out there anyway. I had like a classic example. I was in uh, Dunn's one day and the queue, and in fairness, the queue got long very quickly. Do you know what I mean? It, this can happen. So there's like 20 in a line and there's one girl on the till and I could see this young one rearranging shelves and I'm thinking now you don't need to be rearranging you need to be on the till so I'm like I want to call the manager like I want to say to somebody you're not running the shop (laughs) you're not running the shop so I eventually go up to the young one who's stacking and I go this queue is very long and I don't have an awful lot of time do you think you could get a second person on the till and she looked at me now a little bit of contempt in her eyes but she went yeah I can do that <laughs> and she walked very slowly to the gym. <laughs> but she did it. And the yeah. next time, the whole line was looking at me going, going like, well thank done. you, thank you. Well she, done. 
The sure. both look, she gave me the daggers before. Oh, you don't want to be told what to do. Oh, no, no, no. By you. No, no. Now, listen, I, speaking of hair, so um, in Tralee, once I, um, this was when the hair was, was long-ish and we were mid-countries and I needed a trim. I needed a very basic trim. But you see, you can't just trim my hair. It's not that kind of hair. It needs your hair is wild. It has a life of its own. It has a life of its own. And so it needs it needs a very good hairdresser who really understands each of the curls and anything. But anyway, I decided, nah, I'll just go down to this hairdresser's. This literally picked one. And I I can't even remember the name, which is probably a good thing because I wouldn't name it anyway. And I went in and I think I was the youngest there by around 40 years. Right? (laughs) No bullshit. And so the experience itself for me was exactly what the doctor ordered listening to the chitter chatter of the women in this particular hairdressers was worth its weight in gold and then my turn came and she sat down and it was going to be very cheap for 20 euro I was like Jesus Christ 20 euro <laughs> perfect, perfect. that's my kind that. of price you yeah. can't beat that and I said to her just a little trim just trim the ends and uh Oh my God. Now, when I say that the trim happened and I looked at the hair at the end and she did the little bit of blow dry and I looked like the 80 year old woman sitting beside me. It was horrendous. But I mean, what did I expect for 20 euro in this hairdressers? It was my own fault. But, the, you know, she just I, treated your hair like the blue rinse. She, she, she did not listen to me. She did exactly what she's good she at. Had she one did, technique. She had she one technique. And she did it yeah. on me. And I, got, and I got out of the hairdressers and my mother was picking me up. And she took one look at me and I went... Just, just, just go, just go, oh, go, because the and tears she, are coming. The no, no, there were no tears. Laughter at this stage of my life, I don't cry over haircuts. It's like, oh my god. No, I thought okay. I thought you were much younger. Go on. Oh, it, there was nothing but funny about this haircut. It <laughs> was hilarious. It was so bad. We were roaring, laughing, and I said, okay, this is a crisis. This is a crisis. She, she was like, I'll call my guy. I'll call my guy. She got on and we had a we had a, an emergency haircut, went down to the emergency haircut guy. It was worse. <gasps> it oh was. He God. took what she had done and I don't know how he did it, but it was worse. Like multiple. It was it was so bad. And like <gasps> at this stage, now, I'm like, okay, this is really, really bad. So there was just lots of hats being worn. And then I didn't I run into him in Duns. And he even knew. He could tell when he saw me. He just went, hi. There was just a, a, an understanding that, this, that he had butchered that he had butchered the hair. But anyway, where where was I going to after that haircut? Was was Madrid? This was our first week, and it was the very first thing I did. Two days uh, into the trip, went to Madrid and had a fabulous haircut done. They cut it off, and it was all fixed. But I had to cut most of it off. Um, but that was—I didn't complain. There was no point in complaining, you know. There was just- no, there isn't really, and that's the thing with the hair—it's done. They—they they can't it's undo done. it. They can't stick your hair back on for no. you. You know, it's done. You're just like, get me. You just want to get out. You're just like, it's too late. Complaining will make no difference. Get me out of here. Oh, God, lads, bad haircuts. There's nothing worse. And you know what? Because now, like, I feel like I'm at the stage of my life where I finally got control of my hair. Mainly because of the karate, whatever it's called, 
in the in the shot that that's the brand but they've got some straightening component in it because i also have very carotene thanks for the help uh, yet again uh, the carotene in the shampoo and the conditioner has made a massive difference to my hair and the big babulous blow dryer anyone who doesn't have a babulous you know brush that turns around with the heat hair dryer uh, <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've changed my life that's changed my life the mixture of carotene and that brush I can finally like manage my hair it'll never be amazing but I, I can get out the door yeah. but every single picture of my life before 40 I look pretty shit in every single photograph the hair is it's bad it's bad really yeah it's, I've only had decent hair for 10 years since the carotene and the babulous thing existed yeah never, I that, never thought that about I never thought that either hair. Yeah, well, I mean, you wouldn't have noticed, but you probably didn't see an awful lot of me before the last 10 years either. Yeah, but we'd see you on the telly and see... Ah, but that's different. Then someone's doing it. So if it was being styled, but I'm talking about the everyday. Well, that's why I chopped all mine off yesterday. I just thought, I'm just, I'm I'm actually deluding myself every day going, this is going to work. And the temperature here makes it really dry and having had really good hair for so long and suddenly have shitty hair and dry hair I was like just cut it off I'm not a blow dryer I'm not going to do that in the morning so much I'm work. not it's so much work and it's just not me so it, it was a bit like a moment of reckoning yesterday when I got went just cut it off just well the good news is you can wear very yeah. short hair it really is gorgeous hair. on you you know mm. you've got that little tinkerbell you know the gorgeous yeah, cute look. little mm. the pixie look and it's gorgeous on you yeah if i darling if i was in you your shoes are you joking me? My face is enormous. <laughs> I've got a moon-shaped face. I always remember making that joke when I was cast as Mrs. Moon in Moonboy. I said, I, I have manifested this. The moon face, Mrs. Moon, was what I was born to be. <laughs> if I had a short haircut look, it would be a disaster. Disaster. Horrendous. <laughs> Eve, aren't you getting yours dyed or something before? Oh, uh, no, they, they decided not to go. I suggested red. They decided no. I really fancied a change, I think. And then yeah. I wanted to go shorter, not short, yeah. but like sort of above my shoulder. And they've said no to that. So oh. I have to keep it. So basically, I'm just going to look like this, which yes. is a bit, I, well, I'm bored with this. But they, yeah. Big stinky ride. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's gorgeous. So you're going to remain. I am getting. I'm getting a trim, and I am getting the the color does need to be done, but it's um. But, it's but you're going to rem- you remain blonde. I'll remain for the, blonde for the telly. I will. And the first read through is on Monday. <gasps> my first read through is on Monday. Oh, how exciting! exciting. Yeah. That's one of the best days, isn't it? To read the yeah, telly. and a live read through. We're all we're going meeting around a table. That's oh, what I'm really looking amazing. forward to. I can't back to the table. It. So oh my god! You must be all mm. dying to hang out. Yeah, and the excitement mm. of no, your first read through. So oh my god! Amazing. God, I uh, can't wait to hear about having to do the rehearsal or the other stuff that's what kills me I just want to stay at the table at the table read chatting with the coffee and there's always yeah. a nice plate <laughs> nice of biscuits no, I don't actually do any biscuits yeah. biscuits are croissants and lovely coffee don't go and talk about anal sex to anybody okay <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode which was called I Took a Risk you took a risk by tuning in to listen to us and we are most grateful now listen if you liked it would you ever give us a like and follow us <laughs> And if you're on Apple, subscribe. Who knows what it is you do? We think you follow us on Spotify. That's it, yeah. Anyway, we need you. It all helps, apparently. Oh, do you know? <laughs> <laughs>
This podcast is powered by the ACAST Creator Network.